Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here, July 5th, 2021. Hope you all are having a good holiday weekend, finishing it up, at least here in the United States. Elsewhere, I know it's just a regular Monday, Tuesday, whatever it day may be for you. Um, it's 1 p.m. in the afternoon, a little bit different time I'm putting this out, but I thought I'd put this out today, make it a Tuesday episode, if you will. I'll most likely put it out tonight or right now. And uh, <clears throat> for those that are waking up in a couple hours, well, it'll be ready for you on Tuesday. For everyone else, have it for the whole week. Today, we're mostly going to be going over Connor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, too. Uh, be breaking that down. On top of that, the whole card itself. Um, as much as MMA news goes, I could talk a little bit about... Well, there's no fight this past weekend, so there's really nothing more to talk about there. Um, I'll do my rounds in the MMA world as far as looking at different news sources and giving my opinion on them, because that's all that matters, at least on my platform. But anyway, uh, you can check other episodes. I know it's been a while since I did one. I did a live video podcast last week, two week, last week with my buddy, Fitz, who's been on the podcast before. But there's technical issues. I think what I'm going to do is... Honestly, just go back to podcasting on an audio platform, uh, doing the whole video thing. Eventually, I'll get there, but I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to. It's just not blending right, and I don't want to keep missing weeks out because I can't figure out the technology portion of it. On top of that, I'm just going to keep to what I'm good at, and that's just talking on an audio basis. And plus, it goes Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. I guess I could take the audio and put it on YouTube which I might do, actually. It's not a bad idea. At least there, it's another place to get views, but I'm getting way more views, at least downloads, and and it's getting out to more people on my other platforms. So instead of either or, until the day comes, I'm going to stick solely audio. Plus, I think I do a little bit better there anyways. Uh, and it's all about just getting the right quality content out for everyone else. And that's why I don't really do... I'm going to try to start doing this every week again. But, it, man, it's hard. The MMA world's kind of... It sucks at this moment. It's not great. Um, and not to be pessimistic about it. It's not a pessimist thing. Believe me, I love MMA. I'll still watch everything. But you're at a point where Jake Paul's making good arguments. Like, there's not... Uh, it, there's a there's a change that needs to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. Right now, it's in a kind of weird flux where we'll get into it, the Connor and Dustin thing. But you know, you have MMA fighters that shape generations like Anderson Silva now out of the UFC and boxing and doing their own thing, and then you have UFC fighters that are I mean coming back like Fedor. So we're in this weird spot where MMA veterans don't really know what to do and they're still young enough in their life that they can make these athletic decisions instead of being a Khabib and kind of just train but not have to compete like be content with their life and he can be content he's undefeated and you know owns the most successful MMA school in all of Dagestan almost Russia 
Um, you know, he's got a lot of money from Connor fights, from being the greatest of all time in the lightweight division, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, there's he can retire, but the man, there's a lot of people, even Connor, man, he has the ability to just hang it up, but he loses. So there's always that itch to come back and make it better. We'll get, I think I'll get into that when we talk more about the actual fight. Um, but anyway, for right now, I'll do my best. I'll pick out some. I'll pick out some good, worthy news segments. As far as what I can talk about, as far with the heavyweights, for example, like Cyril Gone, since we've since I've done a podcast. We haven't discussed it, but Cyril Gon versus Derek Lewis for the interim heavyweight championship. I feel bad for Nganu, man. What did that man do? He didn't do anything wrong. It's only been three months, if that. Um, he wants to fight John Jones for a lot of money, which they deserve. They ultimately deserve the money. They deserve everything. They're the heavyweight championship of the world. I know it's not Connor popularity, and I know this is probably beaten to death like a dead or beaten to death. Um, he's obviously not Conor popularity, but they are popular in their own country, or at least Ngannou's popular in his own country in a way where he generates a lot of revenue from Africa. And John Jones has been around forever, so he's got his own... I mean, I'm a fan. I'm, there's a lot of fans out there that recognize he's the greatest light heavyweight to ever do it. And these guys deserve at least $10 million a piece. And there's no reason why they don't get $10 million a piece. I don't know where they're taking this money. I don't know. And that's where Ngannou's manager stepped up, which Ngannou's manager is a former UFC employee. So there's a little bit of that. And there's a lot of this emotional person, personal gripe against each other in the MMA world. Like, everyone takes everything so personally. And I don't know where it comes from for a sport that's very, quote-unquote, tough. People get emotionally hurt a lot. That's where you have this tit-for-tat with Dana and Ngannou's manager. More Ngannou's more manager, because Dana's not really going to address those things unless asked about. That being said, I digress to the point that needs to be made. Ngannou and Jones deserve the money. They deserve it. Like I said, it's not Conor popularity, but it's for the UFC heavyweight championship of the world. Make me believe it's important. If you pay these guys championship money, which is like forty grand a piece, and then on top of that, whatever uh, pay per view um, points that they get, so at most maybe you're clearing a million, two million each each of them. Why don't they make a guaranteed ten? It makes no sense. All you're doing is you're just showing the world that they're not really worth anything. Obviously, I don't want it to be where money is the only thing that deems someone worthy of being watched or, you know, this is touted as the heavyweight championship of the world, not Bellator's heavyweight championship of the world, you know? I, I understand from the UFC side, it's hard because you want to market these two. And they're not, they're easily marketable, but being big and strong and then John with all his stuff, it's like, that's a that's a played out narrative for John. And that was the most exciting. John was the going out and being crazy. But now he's not that guy. He's kind of just like 
MAGA John, if you will. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where this came from. He's just like some dude that, you know, does tack shooting and has a, and is the greatest fighter of all time. On top of that, has a dog to bet. He's getting ready for a Last of Us kind of situation. Either way. That being said, I know it's kind of hard. It's it's must be frustrating to not be able to market these two and make it marketable like a Connor. And they don't talk the way Connor does, and they don't, you know, it's but to just hold your money and being like, oh, well, there'll be another Connor. It's like, uh, you might as well invest your money now. What you can do is market them in a way where the greatest light heavyweight championship of, or champion of all time is coming up to fight the scariest heavyweight champion of all time. And a fight, and you can get their back and forths, and, you know, I'm sure they can make, they can make magic when you put them on a stage. You just got to pay them what they're worth. And it sucks that we're not there. And so that's why there's this big holdup in MMA news, in my opinion. It's like, nothing's changed. And then you have fighters who come out saying that they need to make a GoFundMe, and then that's where the whole Jake Paul making a good, good argument where he retweets this UFC fighter, female, who talked about how she had to raise a GoFundMe because she lost her last fight and now can't make her bill payments and pay who need, she needed to pay and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you get it, the story. We've heard this story. And then you have fighters like Caitlin Chukagian, instead of standing up for them and being like, yeah, we deserve more. She's like, well, I don't see why she's complaining. She should just get another job. I did when I was fighting. It's like, but that's not the point. You're a professional fighter. Even if you warm the bench in any other sport, whether it be football, basketball, uh, soccer, any sport, even the bench warmers are taken care of because they still show up to practice every day in the, in the case that they may have to show up and show out. And I've said this from day one. If the UFC really feels like they don't want to pay their bench warmers, which are just up-and-coming talent, it's not necessarily bench warmers. It's just people coming up that need a salary to survive. Instead of that, you can just cut the roster. I get it. Like, it's a lot of money when there's 20 fighters per roster. Good. Cut the fucking roster. Top 10. Every division. That's all you need. Let the other divisions or the other promotions sort those guys out and pay them what they're worth. But then we won't have these big cards. Well, someone's going to have to make decisions. I'm at least giving out fucking ideas. And to me, you got to make a decision. Are you the best promotion in, all the, in the whole world and that the UFC is what matters if you get that belt around your waist? Okay then make it exclusive as shit. If not, then you're going to have to real then you're going to have to establish why these fighters are worth more than Bellator fighters, why they're worth more than Ryzen fighters. Cuz when a fighter coming up goes, oh, I could just make more money for the same level of fight and quality of fight over in Bellator with a little bit maybe more exposure and potentially being able to make more money through sponsorships and not having to be, you know, tied down to a, a contract that I'm sure, a contract that I am sure, you know, you're locked in with the UFC. Bellator, I'm sure it's like three fights or something like that. 
and then there's a lot of room to grow. And then you can essentially just make a lot of money in Bellator and call it a day. I understand that there is this magical aspect of the UFC that you could be I'm a Conor McGregor. I'm a risk-adverse guy. That doesn't do it for me. You can't show me an anomaly and be like, that could be you. And then that determines my future. An anomaly is an anomaly for a reason. And then you look at the majority of UFC fighters and they're putting out GoFundMes. I'll take my chances somewhere else. And people will be like, okay, well, uh, whatever. Go take your chances somewhere else. Okay. You say that now until you get a fighter that does that, and next thing you know, they're Yuri Prohaska, and they've had two fights in the UFC and their title contention. I'm, I mean, it's not that Ryzen wasn't top-flight competition. It's just time, experience, and just getting the reps under lights in front of people. That at Bellator, it's essentially UFC. If you strip it for what it is, it's cage fighting, right? So then you take away Bruce Buffer, you take away Dana White, you take away all the sponsorships and all the stuff in the stuff or in the cage, and then you take away maybe the magnitude of people or the number of people because they have a bigger spectacle as far as walk-ins and stuff. It's still the same thing. You're still fighting a guy in a cage or a girl in a cage in front of people on TV. It's not like you get to see the numbers of people watching you, you know? It doesn't make it any more pressure situation. You're on camera, in your underwear, fighting in front of people. Fighting for your job, essentially. So, it's my soapbox. They're back, baby. (laughs) They're back. Soapboxes are back. Um... Diego Fajeda versus Grant Dawson. Uh, Tyron Woodley going to be training with, has been training with Floyd Mayweather. Smart. Smart. Emil Meek is out of the UFC. Crazy. All right, let's get some morning report from MMA Fighting real quick. Oh, uh, John Dodson involved in a near-death automobile accident, so keep him in your thoughts and stuff and the family. Terrible. I think he's okay, though. I think he's okay. Yeah, they were released from the hospital. There is a GoFundMe. It's already raised 18000 It has a goal of 50000 No one was seriously injured. That Johnson, that Dodson family. All right. Um... Hinato Moikano wants Gregor Gillespie. I like that fight. All right, here we go. 
Conor McGregor reacts to Dustin Poirier's recent comments. He's going to regret. He's going he's going to pay for that. I don't know why I did a Australian accent for that. Okay, uh I don't know what Dustin said. What did he say? Um Oh, okay. Most recent. If Poirier wrestled, McGregor said if Poirier wrestles, that it'll be a dusty bitch. Poirier responded by by chirping, saying it reeks of insecurity. He talks some amount lately. He's going to pay for that for sure. It's not going to be nice. Uh, talks about his nutritionist. He's just saying what he's got to say. The The bonuses of Connor that I do like is he's got Owen Roddy and uh, John Cavanaugh on his corner. That's big. He's in L.A. He made a Southern Scrap Nation gym in his own place. I'm going to say that because... It's kind of like what I made, to be honest. I mean, obviously he has his own cage, because. But whatever, you know. Connor took my idea. Just saying, uh, or I did before Connor, and um, he has a son and a and a cold plunge. May not have a cold plunge, but stay tuned. Boys getting a sauna for the gym. I mean, <laughs> how are we gonna weight cut without a fucking top of the line infrared sauna? But that's what we do here. That's what we do. We do it for the people. Um, all right. Stephen Thompson, I'm the worst matchup for Kamar Usman. I think he's a really bad matchup for Kamar Usman. Um, but the more you let Kamara sharpen his, you know, sharpen his sword with a whetstone, when, I mean that, I mean, uh, his jab, especially just learning the footwork with uh, Trevor Whitman getting the boxing down and then just like being able to give him more. I mean, you're giving him more footage and tape when you fight Gilbert Burns, but I mean, it's different when you get in there and fight him. So hopefully, hopefully we get that fight. I mean, I mean, there's a chance that Gilbert Burns steals the show this weekend, but I'm just saying. Um, all right, now I'm just looking at people enjoying their 4th of July. Also, great fight, uh, Ludwig Klein. I love that kickboxer versus Nate Landwehr. Um, exciting fighter. October 16th. All right. So that's a little of that. Let's see what we got on MMA Junkie. Anything from here? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Verdum takes shots at Fedor while pushing for rematch. That's dumb because Fedor doesn't read comments. Um,
Rashad Evans praises phenomenal fighter. John Jones believes he believes he'll dominate the heavyweight division. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what everyone says. It's just if John, he's smarter, he's faster, he's more technical, yada, 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 the only thing that gives him trouble is the fact that these guys hit harder and they're bigger. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um. All right. I think that's enough. There's not really any. Uh... Yeah, there's not anything else. Let's go ahead and make these. Uh, break these things down. Let's break them down. Okay. So this weekend, UFC 264, July 10th at. T-Mobile Arena in Houston, Texas, right? No, this is when it's in Vegas. There's a Houston card. Uh, that's in October, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. No, August. August is uh, that's a fucking awesome. It's an awesome card. Um, <clears throat> so this weekend, Vegas, we're bringing it back. Full, full arena. Fans are back. Great. It's a great time. What a time. Um, in the early prelims, we've got Jessica I versus Jennifer Maya. That's a huge flyweight. Um, let's see who's getting back in the title contention fight. Jennifer Maya coming off of her loss from Valentina. And then Jessica I coming off of a win, I think. No, she lost to Joanne Calderwood. Lost to Cynthia Cavillo. She beat Viviana Rujo. So she's on a two-fight losing streak, and then Jennifer Miles coming off of a one, coming off of her one loss to Valentina. One beat Joanna, the other one didn't. I think it's a good fight for Jennifer Maya. Uh, definitely put, makes sense to put money on her. Omari Akhmedov versus Brad Tavares. It's a way for Brad Tavares to get back in there and make a statement. And then Omari, it's a way for him to, I guess, stay relevant in the middleweight division. His last loss was to Chris Weidman. And then Brad Tavares is coming off of, I'm pretty sure, a win. Yeah, over uh, Safata or a shoe face. And then, yeah. So if he can get this ball rolling. Oh, no. he Omari beat Tom Breeze with a submission. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Why don't I remember that? Did Tom Breeze go back to middleweight after, or welterweight after that, or did he? No, that was his last fight. I don't know. He went up to middleweight. Strange. Okay, never mind. So, yeah. If Omari can get him, get Brad down, possibly uh, threaten a submission, but... I don't know. I don't really see that happening. I feel like Brad's a little bit too fast. And, I mean, he's got pretty solid takedown defense. 
Uh, I mean, beat she face. So if you're worried about that, it's more the striking departments more where you would find success. All right, moving to the prelims. You got the South African Drikas Duplessis versus Trevin Giles. That's a really good fight. Um, I like I like Trevin Giles in this fight, but just because the Duplessis, I don't really know how to say his name. He, his two losses are finished are being finished, and if you're playing that kind of fight. And I think he got hurt in his Marcus Perez fight, too. It wasn't, like, the easiest walk in the park kind of thing. And I think Trevin Dow's just with the added experience of beating a guy like... I know James Krause is a little bit underweight and late replacement. But, you know, I, I just think if you're going to play a gunfight and you've been finished before, I think Trevin Dow's is not the guy to have a gunfight with. And his losses are mostly submissions, so I don't know how good this South African dude's submission game is, but it had to be pretty good. I'm going to put it up for Trevor Giles. Is this D-plus has got the favorite? It's even. God damn. And then Ryan Hall versus Ila Tupuria. I like this Eli Tupuria um, fella. He is fucking very smart, very fast. He's only had one fight in the UFC. Um, no, two fights in the UFC. He beat Yusuf Dalal to a decision. And that's very... He's 24. Also very young. Um, he's not the tallest guy in featherweight. However, he's got very good eyes and fight IQ. And just picking the right shots. His last fight against Damon Jackson was awesome. But... Um, yeah, I mean, if he, he beat a guy like Eustace Dalal, took him the distance. Um, Ryan Hall, though, is a different story. He's 36. He's not the youngest guy. He does have the ace card of the ground, right? He's got that ace card where he can just take someone to the ground and potentially submit them. However... Hold on. Let me uh, try to get his fights. Um, he's got a loss. Who does he have a loss to? Saul Rogers exhibition. That's an exhibition. Eddie. Okay, so his first fight was a loss. Whatever. Um, so Darren Elkins decision. Gray Maynard decision. BJ Penn uh, heel hook. And then Artem Lobov decision. This is a huge step up in competition as far as not experience, but just overall athletic fight power. You're talking about, like, it's one thing. Experience definitely helps. But it's not like Ryan has a lot of experience in the UFC. He comes from a great team. He comes from TriStar. There's no doubt. And he's got that great bottom game. And there's no doubt this is submission on point. But if you have a guy that just refuses to engage in the jiu-jitsu department with you, 
and forces you to strike with him. And a guy who's striking is going to be a little bit more advanced than the keeping me at bay with those long kicks. Like, you're not going to keep this guy away with just, like, long kicks and playing that touch circle on the outside until you can hit an Iminari roll thing. You're not going to be able to play the touch, 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 and then pull guard thing. Like, this guy, he's here to fight, and he's he's pretty, like, he's a new breed. So it's not like you're going to be able to just be a specialist at 36 and and trick somebody. They've seen your footage. They know what to deal with. Like, your movements are so awkward that the movements re- are required are so large that if Tupudia can just keep it and compartmentalize and just keep it patient and just work, there's a chance, man. It's not going to just be this easy walk in the park for Ryan Hall. Okay, so Ryan Hall is the underdog. Okay, well, if you want to put money, then put money on Ryan Hall. I take back everything I said. I thought I was going to have to build this guy up because I thought Ryan Hall was going to be a favorite. No, put your money on Ryan Hall. He's also got the nuclear option. So, I mean, they both have a nuclear option, but 10 and 0 is 10 and 0. Nico Price versus uh, Michelle Pajeda. Great fight. Fireworks. Let's see the odds. I'm just going to. Michelle Pajeda. It's because he was more patient in his last fight against Chaos Williams. That's part of the reason why it would make more sense for him. But Nico and Ryan are probably the two underdogs that you might as well put your money on. I mean, you could put your money on Carlos Condit, too. Nuclear option for Ryan Hall. And then welterweight is just fucking crazy. I mean, these guys hit so hard that... Well, you would assume two strikers, it's going to become a grappling thing. Carlos Condit, you can get by submission... Um, and then Nico Price versus Michelle Pajeda. You could possibly get Michelle Pajeda by decision um, if you wanted to play the odds on that. Just because I feel like if they're striking Max Griffin and Carlos Condit, Carlos being the taller and longer guy, it just takes being touched a little bit for Max to shoot a takedown. Max Griffin ain't no young bull either. He's been fighting for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. Alex Morono beat him in a decision. It's not. It's not bad money to put money on Carlos Condit. The experience in this, uh, oh, reaches. Max Griffin got reach on that, but not leg reach. Uh, I like I like Carlos Condit as the underdog. Um, and then you have the main event or the main card. So the main card started off with Bantamweight fight between Sean O'Malley versus Chris Montanino. Uh, Chris Montanino was replaced or was a replacement late for Louis Smolka, who was pulled out due to some injuries. I know he commented on it. I don't really feel like talking about it. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, Sean O'Malley has been compared to the UFC's version of Michael Page, Michael Venom Page. I completely agree. I do not understand 
why they are catering to him and level scaling for him. I do not get it. He's been in the UFC for a, a while. He's fought Eddie Wyland. Um, he's fought... Like, what's the fear? That he fights a guy in the same skill level as a Cheeto Vero, so he fights a top 10 guy, and he just gets smashed in the first round again? Is that the fear? I mean, not everyone's built for fighting, and that's okay. And that's literally okay. But you can't just... This, if, especially if he, this goes to a decision, if this goes to a decision... I do not I don't know where the hype's going to come from. It's going to be his fans, I guess. It's going to be the Sugar fans, but as far as a bipartisan person who watching Sugar Sean O'Malley come to the UFC, I kind of took I kind of had my foot on the outside and never really wanted to pick <clears throat> whether or not I was like a fan or a, or like a hater of him. Like I just wanted to see how how this thing's going to play out. So far, it's not going the Connor route, but it's also not going like the CM Punk route. So I don't, I'm still very much on the fence of where does this go? And after this fight is when the shoe's going to drop because either he knocks his dude clean out and he asks for top flight competition and then he gets paired up with top flight competition, or this goes a decision and I'm done. I just, he's another fighter to me as far as, oh, he's on a card. Cool. I won't ever look at him for like championship aspirations. I'll look at him as a clout chaser, essentially. Someone who joined the UFC to have a social media presence, make a lot of money. I don't disparage it at all. That's a way to make more money than a champion. <laughs> and if he makes, and if he does it right and he's got a very successful, like, long career, not necessarily like, Long, successful career in the traditional sense of getting the title, being a champion, and retiring as a competitor. But being successful in the sense of, I made a lot of fans, I made a lot of money, got a lot of weed, uh, now I get to play video games for the rest of my life, and live in nice things, and never have really achieved the championship level of the UFC. I know he's going to tell everyone that's his goal. He wants to be the championship of the uh, champion of the Bantamweight division. But depending on this fight, because there are times where he starched Eddie Wyland, where Eddie Wyland has come back and looks fantastic. Or he goes the distance with this guy, or like he did with Almeida, and you go, I don't know how I'd want to see him against like Petr Jan. I feel like that's a if Cheeto stole his soul, like Petter is going to eat it like a five course meal. So, put your money on Sean O'Malley. There's no reason not to, especially with a late replacement. But man, depending on his performance this weekend, shit, he ain't going to win any fans if it goes to decision, especially if it's like. I mean, it's going to be at 10 o'clock at night. This thing goes to 10.15. I have a lot of angry people. Uh, in the women bantamweight, there's a very good matchup between Irene Aldana versus Yana Kunitskaya. I don't know. Is Yana even coming off of a... 
Okay, she's coming off of a decision win of Ketlin Vieira. So, Yana, another girl that beat Ket or um, a girl that beat Ketlin, as well as Irene. Um, I mean, I don't have any problems with the matchup. Uh, I just think that Irene's boxing is going to be a real problem if. Yana had a problem with uh, Cyborg and her boxing, right? Yep. Not saying Irene's got the same forward reckless pressure, but as far as technicality, <clears throat> straight punches down the middle. Yana not getting her head off the center line. They both had the same reach. Um, so it's a good show out for Irene Aldana. It's crazy that they're even, but whatever. And then the heavyweight, you got Tai Tuivasa versus Greg Hardy. Uh, I just like Tai Tuivasa in this fight. The experience of two fighters that are literally in the same... Well, and he's younger than Greg. Greg is in the prime of his life. But you're getting a guy who... It's like American... MMA versus... Australian MMA, two athletes coming from a different, you know, coming from a different walk of life, football and I think rugby, most likely, to come into MMA and then they have to learn from the ground up. Ty just looks more crisp. He has less controversy behind him and he looks better since coming back. Not coming back. He never left. He was threatened to leave. But Greg is still very rough on the edges. And I think if he gets a guy, it's not that he's going to like, he's not going to quit or anything. But if he gets a guy that just hits him harder, hits him faster, I just see a shutout for Ty. Um, I mean, they're heavyweights, so there's always a chance. But if you look at the odds tie is definitely the favorite for a reason. So now we get to the co-main event. Um, just think Ty's footwork is better than Greg Hardy's too. Um, you're going to get desperate shots from Greg, whereas Ty is going to... He's been wrestling at AKA. He's just in a better place in his career. He's 12-3. and three. Greg is 7-3 and three with one knockout. Okay, anyway, co-main event... Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson, what a fight. Karate versus jiu-jitsu, not really. Gilbert's stated that he's going to go out there and try to not emulate and replicate the Pettis win. But he's going to try to, like, he's he's like, he's afraid of my jiu-jitsu, but I can still knock him out like Anthony Pettis. He could. And he brought in Raymond Daniels. Why fighters do this, I have no idea. They always think the easiest solution is to bring in the guy that has... I mean, he beat Steven with his style. And he's like... and he, I brought him in to explain and understand the style better. Okay. That's fair. And I get it. He beat him in this... He beat him in point kickboxing. You know who dismantled Raymond Decker's 
in kickboxing, Joseph Valtellini. Because he doesn't just understand conceptually what these point kickboxers are trying to do. He understands the concept of being able to misdirect, break them down, and not let it overwhelm you as far as mentally. So why bring in the guy that's like, all right, well, he's going to do this. He's going to be in and out. So why don't you try doing in and out stuff? And bring in the guy that's like, he's going to try to do this in and out stuff. Every time he does, just kick the shit out of his leg. And then just have the technicality of that. Just on that, I think Steven wins this. I think there was, I think, I think preparation-wise, Gilbert went the wrong way. Yes, you can try to emulate the Showtime thing. Showtime's also a very good Taekwondo fighter. He's also got a lot of other things. He jumped off the cage and punched him in the face. Gilbert Burns has never done anything like that in his life. And he got beaten with a jab in his last fight. If Kamara Usman beats you with a jab, Stephen Wonbo Thompson's going to beat you with his jab and his front foot. Vicente Luque has better striking than Gilbert Burns, and Stephen Wonbo Thompson made it look easy. No one's got an answer for it from that gym. I think Stephen wins his fight and gets the title with Kamara Usman at Nye and or Colby Covington, even. Whoever wins that fight. I'm ecstatic. Uh, I think Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, especially someone from South Carolina, shout out. Um, it was a great fight for him. As far as odds go, it wouldn't be crazy if Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is the favorite. So that's why there's not really much. I mean, the, the odds that you can... Steven's a little bit older, but by what? Gilbert's also kind of old. He's 34. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about the main event. We're here to talk about the good old USA versus Ireland. Um, Proper 12 versus uh, Diamond Hot Sauce. Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, three. The finish of the trilogy. They're one and one. Not one knockout apiece. The one, men- like, mentally breaking this down, like, on the mental aspect, uh, Michael Bisbing has brought up a great point. There's a demon that Connor has to fight, and that's the fact that he got knocked out in his last fight. Dustin had to fight that demon going into their second fight, but that was, like, seven years ago. And he had all the time in the world to like get better and get over it and never have and not have to look back at it. This is the first time Connor's been knocked out, so that's a bunch of demons he has to fight. Like I said, I do like the fact that John Kavanaugh and Owen Roddy are in his corner again. He's in the United States. Um, The, the narrative is, are the calf kicks going to be there? Is Connor going to be there for the calf kicks? Is he going to throw calf kicks of his own? And then the whole, like, shooting for takedowns. If I'm Connor, I'm shooting for my own takedowns. If I'm Connor, I'm, I'm being aggressive like I was before. I'm taking the karate stance again. I'm just trying to be loose. I'm trying to absorb the energy of the... Uh, the Irish crowd. I'm trying to take in what I'm known for. Dustin, on the other hand, has to be a fucking diamond, baby. He's got to endure it and just build that pressure and shine that night. 
And if he can, if he can take the pressure of the crowd and all of the same thing, I mean, he kind of did. It was like a aperitif, if you will, compared to what Saturday night's going to be. We have full stadium. You're back to normal, but you're back to Connor normal. Uh, and it's a guy that <clears> – <throat> the other thing that I love about Connor, what happened when he got finished by Nate Diaz? He got right back into training camp. And the next fight he had against Nate, as though although it was very close, and people, people, meets him a little bit. Um, but that's what Nate is. I mean, the Leon Edwards fight proves it. Like, if if you take that dude the distance, it doesn't even matter in the first or fifth round. The guy is the same person. Uh, he showed that he made the adjustments, and like, he went for leg kicks, and he just. Like, the camp did such a good job. It was a very Greg Jackson-esque performance where you you take what you you didn't do so well in the last fight, you make a 180, and then the fight is a completely different story. Like, Connor was taking over. He was beating the shit out of the legs, dropping him, yada, yada, yada. So that's the Connor I'm hoping, if you want a good fight, to come back in. A guy that's going to come in there, address everything, and then now Dustin's fighting a completely new person. So that means Dustin either has to be a new fighter or he has to bring in something new. Or, goes back to the wrestling thing. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's actually a really good idea. I think this is actually going to be a five-round fight. I think this is, this is going to be one of those things where there's going to be a couple, there's going to be two rounds of what's the new game plan that Connor's got, two rounds of feeling out, and then there's going to be two more rounds of now it's time to start putting it on. And in that third and fourth round, that's where you're going to start to see the Dustin wave. Because in the feeling out rounds, Connor always does so much better. And I do not know if you're going to be able to break that habit of Connor, where he comes out very hard in the first round. Everyone knows that about him. Now, a uh, uh, Art of War Sun Tzu thing would be for Connor to not come out hard in the first round. And actually finish strong. But I don't know if that's ingrained in his... Like, when you pick him as a character in a video game. Like, that's just his ability. Like, it'll never change. Sorry. That's just who he is. Um, And you may not like to play as that character. But I don't know if that's just him. Or if they can actually, you know... Hey, Connor. Why don't we switch it up? And that's why I'm hoping you'll see those two rounds of feeling out where Connor will do a little bit better, win the early rounds, but have enough, not gas or you know conditioning, but have that reserve tank for the, the third round where Dustin gets loose, starts throwing more shots, landing more, maybe even firing takedowns. And then you have Connor being loose and still being able to have a... <clears throat> third round like he did against Khabib where it was almost like, oh, Connor won that round, possibly. Um, and then the fourth, fifth, and then the fifth round you just have like that. Two waves colliding. Oh my God, this is fight of the year. Oh my God. Uh, Dan Hooker-esque Dustin Poirier kind of fight. And if they both survive it and the dust settles, a five-round fight, in my opinion, I think I think Dustin comes away with it especially because that's a big if if it even goes five rounds. There's the possibility Dustin goes out there and goes, <laughs> you fucking thought, dude, <laughs> and just submits him. 
I mean, there's always that chance. I mean, Dustin's pretty fucking good with submissions. And to be honest, it just takes him to hurt Connor once and he can just take his back and make him quit. It's happened before. Um, that's where I saw in the first first fight. There's two ways you can go about losing. Connor lost to Khabib. And he took that and he said, no, nah, I didn't lose that fight. Dustin was like, yeah, I lost to Khabib. Now I'm going to take other people down because I'm going to take that karma and pass it on to others. Took Connor down pretty easily. Um, I just think unless Connor can get that old plumber money, Connor, it's just Dustin's time. Dustin is the guy right now. Connor's got too much money. Dustin's got the right amount of money. He's got less money than Connor. But he could still have more. And that's where he's the hungrier fighter in this, regardless of being the favorite. So easy money. Dustin Poirier all day. It's not that very big of a difference. It's plus 105 to minus 125. But man, putting money on Connor. Chris Muntinio, just kidding. Putting money on Connor and the three, uh, the three underdogs that I had before. Wait, is Trevin Dolls an underdog? No, I think it's even, right? Yeah, it's even. Um, putting your money on those three underdogs: Carlos, Nico, and Ryan Hall. Hell, man. Hell yeah, dude. You can make some money. Um, you can make a lot of money, actually. Um, let's see. I'm just going to do it for shits and gigs. I'm going to put risk. Let's see. I'm going to risk $100. Let's see if I can parlay multiples. There we go. Wait. No. What? Who else did I say? Nico Price. Carlos Condit. And Ryan Hall. A parlay. I'm going to risk $100. Yeah, if you did that parlay, you could, <laughs> you could make around four grand for $100. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's not bad. If you have $100 to spend, why not? Uh that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the fights this coming weekend. I might do another episode this week just to shit talk whatever's going on in the news. Maybe discuss the press conference. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you can check us out on southernscrapnation.com. Check out the website. The website has everything. southernscrapnation.com. southernscrapnation.com. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, and all my... Google Play, Spotify, and you, yeah, you can catch everything else on the social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Sudden Scrap Nation, SuddenScrapNation.com. I've been your host, Daniel Jonas, and uh, yeah, stay safe, enjoy your week, peace.